The dishes go around the table fast, don't they? And if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in the speed this afternoon. The turkey will go around and you'll cut off a nice big piece, hopefully two. You've got to have dark meat and white meat. The potatoes will go around. The stuffing will come. The cranberries will go. The green beans, you could pass on those, but they'll come around. Everything starts going pretty quickly. And if you're not careful, you get caught up in the speed, don't you? The plate gets loaded up. It gets piled up, and you just want to dig in. But you know, you know, that Thanksgiving is not complete without the gravy, The whole point of Thanksgiving Day is to eat gravy. Now, some of you might protest. Some of you might say, Pastor, I don't really like gravy. That's just evidence that we live in a fallen world. In paradise, we all know that gravy, God created the world so that we can eat gravy. But you have to slow down because the gravy comes around last. And if you try to hurry up, if you try to go too fast, you can eat all that other stuff, but it wouldn't be right, would it? It wouldn't be right to eat potatoes without gravy, to eat turkey without gravy. The gravy brings everything to completion. It crowns it all, right? It is that brown crown. (laughs) That doesn't sound all that appealing now that I say it. But I want you to think this morning of gravy and thanksgiving because they are very similar. Life happens fast, and I don't just mean the food going around the table today, but our lives get caught up in all kinds of speed and all kinds of busyness. Truly, we live in a fever, don't we? We live in a fever of life, and we speed from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and we never stop and breathe. Today, we are called to hold still for a minute, to pause, And to crown the year, to crown the day, to crown every moment of our life, not with gravy, but with thanksgiving. These things belong together, our lives and thanksgiving. Our life is meant, it is meant not simply to rush through from one thing to the next, from one moment to the next, from one sludge and drudgery to the next, but our life is meant to be summed up in thanksgiving. So don't go too fast. Memory, the memory of the past year, needs Thanksgiving to be made complete. Now, I say it needs it, but that doesn't mean everybody will do it, right? You can go through life in that fever. You can go through life with that busyness. You can eat your Thanksgiving meal without gravy, but it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be complete. God calls us today to remember his gifts, He calls us to slow down and not simply to remember, oh yeah, a bunch of things happened this past year. A bunch of good things, a bunch of hard things happened this past year. God calls you to remember those things, not simply so that you can replay them in your mind, but he calls you to remember those things so that you can have them in completion. For no good thing from God and no hard thing from God, truly he gives both good things and hard things, is meant to be received without thanksgiving. God calls us to remember his gifts with thanksgiving so that we would be attached not to the things, but to him. Now that's a cliche, that's the kind of thing that your mom says to you when she makes you write out your thanksgiving cards, right? Make sure you write those cards so that the person who gave you the gift knows that you appreciate them. It's a cliche, and it's something that we probably don't appreciate when we're writing the gifts. But as we mature, as we grow older, we see the point, don't we? 
We see that for all the good things that are given to us on our birthday, on Christmas Day, those things pass pretty quickly. And if our hearts are attached to those things, then our joy will pass pretty quickly. But if our joy is connected, if our love is connected not to simply the thing, but to the one who gives it, then the things can come and the things can go and the things can be here today and can be gone tomorrow, but the one who gives it, he endures. This is what Thanksgiving does for us. This is the crown of Thanksgiving that God wants our lives to be summed up in so that our hearts would not be attached simply to the harvest that comes, simply to the bank account that rises or falls, simply to the health which is here today and gone tomorrow like grass in the field, but so that our hearts would be attached to him. So we slow down, we pause, and today we remember with thanksgiving. You heard that command given to the people of old in Deuteronomy 8, remember. And that command is found throughout scripture. Sometimes it's found in that positive way, remember. Sometimes it's put kind of in its contrapositive, do not forget. I think of all God's commands, that is probably the one that is repeated most often. Remember, 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 and do not forget. God wants us to remember, to not forget so that our hearts would be connected to him. In fact, he wanted it so much that he made a house in Israel. He fixed a place, a fixed habitation, a temple, so that there would always be this focal point, this place of remembrance. And certainly the temple was a place of blood. It was a place of sacrifice. But we shouldn't get it twisted. That doesn't mean there was no joy in that place. That doesn't mean that when the people went to the temple, they thought, let's get this over with as quickly as we can so we can forget about it all. No, it was a place to remember and to give thanks for all that God had done for his people. You heard Jesus tell those lepers to go and show yourselves to the priests. He was telling them to go to the temple. And I preach on this lesson sometime in the season of Trinity. Those of you who know the calendar better than me can tell me exactly which Trinity Sunday it is. So I've often preached on this account. But I wonder if we followed those nine who didn't come back to Jesus, what would we find them doing in the temple? Well, we'd find them doing the things that lepers were supposed to do. Back in the book of Leviticus, there is this whole long chapter chapter 14, devoted to the sacrifices that the cleansed lepers were supposed to give. When Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priests, if we followed those nine men, we would find them bringing doves, and we would find them bringing yarn, and we would find them bringing cedar wood, and we would find them coming to the priest, and there they would offer a sacrifice. They would be cleansed, and yet they wouldn't be rushed back into their old life. For a whole week, those lepers were to live kind of in limbo land. That initial sacrifice of of doves over fresh water, you can read all the details if you want this afternoon, Leviticus 14, that initial sacrifice was not complete. For seven days, the lepers were to live in sort of limbo land, cleansed, but not yet restored. It wasn't until the eighth day, eight days later, They would actually come into the temple and they would bring again animals, two lambs, two sheep, two goats, and another one, a third. And there the priest would lead them in the rite that was prescribed for lepers. And if you read that whole thing in the book of Leviticus without dozing off to sleep, I think you'll find yourself scratching your head and saying, what's the point of all this? 
Why not just rush them back? They're cleansed already. Why go through this whole process? After all, aren't they busy? Don't they want to get back to life? Don't they have things to do? But see, here is how God shows us the importance of slowing down, the importance of remembering, the importance of giving thanks. Now, you could protest. You could say, well, I'm sure that those leopards would, those leopards, those lepers would remember that day. They didn't need all of those rites. They didn't need all of those sacrifices in the temple. And yet, how quickly do you forget how God has preserved you? How quickly do we forget the day after we're made healthy again? We forget the fever. How quickly we forget all of the trials that we have been through, all that the Lord has provided for us. And so the next time something comes around, we act like we've never experienced hardship before. We act like God has never seen us through difficulties before because we are in too much of a rush. And so the Lord made his people slow down. He made them go through these rites and these ceremonies. And those things, you can imagine, those lepers, I'm sure they weren't saying, this is all so awful. That rite, that time, slowed down, that whole week, they were remembering what it was like to be near death in leprosy, what it was like to be unclean, and they could anticipate, they could anticipate the joys that laid ahead of them. See, that's the other thing that Thanksgiving does. It slows us down so that we remember the past, and it prepares us for the future that the Lord has in store for us. For God is not confined to the past. God doesn't get stuck in former things, but he is always in the process of leading us on to something new. He is always in the process of saying, remember what I did so that you may know what I will continue to do for you. And when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes, he doesn't simply do away with all of that. He gives himself as a new focal point for our remembrance, right? No longer do we travel to Jerusalem and into a temple anymore, but our Lord Jesus himself has come. He has appeared to be the focal point for our remembrance and for our life of thanksgiving. Were there not ten who were cleansed? Where are the other nine? Did no one except this Samaritan return, not to the temple, but return to me and give God praise through me, Jesus says. For in Jesus, something better than the temple has appeared. In Jesus, something better than sacrifices of animals has appeared. In Jesus, the Son of God has come in our human flesh, and he has has given himself once and for all for the perfect cleansing of our bodies and souls. And so something better than a temple is available to us. But what do we do with that? See, when the people had to go to the temple, it was fixed. It was prescribed. It was law. There was a place that they could go to, and that place was important for all of them. But we kind of learned our lesson too well, didn't we? How quickly do we rush past the place where Jesus makes his name dwell among us? How easily do we forget this place and the significance of having an altar where our hearts can be drawn together? Oh, yes, 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 we remember Jesus. We give thanks to God. But we do it from our homes, right? We don't need a focal point anymore, do we? Just look around and see how important having that focal point is. Imagine this Thanksgiving Day without the church, without an altar at which Jesus feeds you. What would Thanksgiving be without Jesus? 
Would it be a time for families to get together? Sure. Would it be a time to eat lots of good food? Sure. Would it be a time to slather on the gravy? Would it be a time to watch some football, to rest from your work? Sure. All good and well. But those things without Jesus are like the planets without a center. The orbit gets all screwed up. And you know as well as I do that our lives are just like that, aren't they? They are disordered without Jesus. We get caught up in the fever, we get caught up in the busyness, we get caught up in the speed of everything. And though we say in our minds, oh yes, I thank God for all of this stuff, we quickly forget it. We quickly forget it. And so today, Jesus comes among us again so that we don't lose the orbit, so that we don't lose the center, so that we don't lose the focal point, our Lord Jesus stands among us and calls us to his feet yet again, like he did for that Samaritan. He calls us into his thanksgiving. And in the Lord's Supper, our hearts are joined in with him as we give thanks to our God and Father, not simply for the year that he's given to us, but for all his blessings that have come to us in Christ Jesus. Our thanksgivings in our personal lives are caught up in the thanksgiving of Jesus. And what Jesus thanks his father for is nothing short, nothing short of rescue from sin and death and condemnation. Being caught up in the thanksgiving of Jesus is what the Lord's Supper is all about. And in this way, our hearts are fixed and focused on a focal point. Yes, it's right that we say it is truly good, right, and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to God. But here we are caught in with Jesus. Here he establishes himself as the center of our orbit so that all that other stuff, all the family, all the food, all the fun, all the football, all the work can revolve in its proper place around him. So fix your hearts on Jesus this morning. Fix your focus on him. Fix your heart on God who is the giver of every good gift in the past and who will provide for you in the future. Fix your heart with remembrance. Slow down and remember what Jesus has done for you in this year, but also throughout all of time, how he has rescued you, how he has promised to be your Lord and your Savior, how he promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. And open your heart to him to find the further gifts that he will give you. For as much as our Lord has blessed us in this past year, he always intends to give more. With Jesus, there is always more. Bread for the 5,000 and wine for those who came to the wedding feast, but always more. Twelve basketfuls more and gallons and gallons of wine more. And you will find in Jesus Christ, without a doubt, you will find in Jesus Christ that his love abounds, that his mercy and steadfast love surpass anything that you thought imaginable. For the day is coming, the day is coming when all of our lives will be crowned with that thanksgiving, when we will stand before the throne of God and remember all that he has done for us, and that memory will be caught up in the thanksgiving and praise for all that he still does for us. So slow down today. Remember as you pour on the gravy, let it crown your plate and let thanksgiving crown your heart for what your Lord God gives you through his son, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, now and always. Amen. Amen.